Welcome to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? <laughs> I am. It's at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek. At Jeffrey the Greek, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, downloading the podcast. Please share the podcast and uh, rate and review. Very much helps our podcast. Um, I guess a mini apology because we have not recorded in quite some time. There's been a few things that have gone down. Yeah, there's been quite a few things that have gone down. Um, in fact, it's kind of going through my notes that I just kind of, you know, write down as things happen. And half of them were just completely irrelevant at this point since the last time we so recorded. It's like you, you were taught a long time ago, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Yeah. So we kind of went under the thought process of don't yeah. podcast when extremely angry well it's like at work you never write an email when you're angry right you write a draft save it wait till the next day read it again make some you know some amendments to it and then send deep into my 30s till i learned that lesson but yes oh yeah well i mean i definitely fired off some that i regretted sure late 20s that's for sure but yes that is another perfect analogy so there was a thought process because i mean i basically told kurt i think i'm going to just come off as a lunatic if we record now, can't do it. Um, then I had crazy things in my personal life happen. Um, not mine, but, you know, good friends of mine. And then um, um, you had a work trip, which was fine because it just gave us a little bit more space. But I had a couple trips. Yes. In fact, I had a trip this weekend that I'm still recovering from. The, the two-day... Getting older guy hangover. Yep. Those two, are always two fun. day binge for the Indy 500. Had an absolute blast. Played bags for hours after the race. And I'm sore from playing bags. <laughs> but my my body is not nearly as sore as my liver. Your liver. It's the yeah. organs, really, that are hurting right now. Yes, that happens. And one of those organs could be uh, your heart. Your heart's hurting right now, just like mine is, and just like. Many Big Ten fans um, that are obviously hopefully listening to this podcast, many Big Ten fans that we've both interacted with on Twitter um, <laughs> over two years ago when me and you sat down to do this podcast. I mean, obviously, we shared a love for college football in general, but the regional conference that we follow, which, of course, is the Big Ten conference, we thought, hey. It doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't get enough focus by the national media. Let's do this. And that 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 was a sound plan, I believe, if I could say so. Never in four million years did I think we would be having a podcast like this. Nope, nope, nope. And as much as I hate the, the conference chanters down south and their stupid little slogan about it just means more, if they said that to me right now, I would not argue it. I mean... One of the altercations, if you will, on Twitter was that somebody said to me is, you know, just be honest. You just want to watch college football. You don't really care about these kids. And my thought process to them is at this point, I am citing Clay Travis. I am hoping for SEC success and I'm openly cheering Nebraska Twitter. 
I don't think I can get more stripped down and honest at this point sure. in my life. These are things that like, weird times make strange bedfellows. This is <laughs> this is the strangest of strange. It's multiple beds and multiple nights, different crazy bedfellows. Okay, I don't even so know what to say. What was your response to that person? I'm curious. My response was, I mean, this gets us right into it. Are we going to get into that? Well, or are we because gonna do... it's kind of a stupid thing to say, of I think. Of course it is. Because, of course, we want to see football. There's no doubt. If, if, if we weren't football fans, we wouldn't be complaining about it. But if, have you ever had something taken from you when the reasoning for it being taken was completely, you know, out of left field and, and had no basis? And you're like, why did you do that? Yeah, I mean. Why, why would you take that if there's me? If there was a justifiable reason, then sure. You we, we could it. understand it. Correct. But it's the fact that we don't believe there is a justifiable reason that you get upset about it. And... Something that I, I just feel like I've just reiterated over and over again on the topic of the safety of players. This was even before it was announced that the Big Ten was not playing a fall season. I was already, quote unquote, debating this with fans, you know, prompting the just be honest, you don't care about their health and safety. Right. And what I kept saying over and over again was, I believe the safest place for these players yeah. is at these multi-million dollar state-of-the-art football complexes. I kept saying it and kept saying it. Then out came Justin Fields, out came more players, and then the quadri of, of parents. That really was when the tide started turning on, at, on Twitter. Now, that unfortunately hasn't led to any real tangible success with this. Right. Other than even some, I don't know how to word it, media type that focus on college football, mm -hmm. even they had their cold, hard hearts turned. Well, you, you have seen a, a, bit in a, a bit of a change in the attitude from those types that you're mentioning. Those types. We don't necessarily need to say their names, but you can see a softening from And that. it's not all of them, of course. No. Like, not all of them have been like this the whole time. But some of them have, shall we say, stayed on the sidelines a bit, at least, with it. But once the parents came out, sure, they seemed to have jumped behind at that point. Well, let's start with just a little bit of housekeeping. We're yeah, we're some, already... So some personnel yeah, stuff okay. just to take care of here. Housekeeping! No, thank you. Sleeping. So we have a few more opt-outs here, and they're big ones. Michigan offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield is opting out. He was projected to start this year, so Michigan has zero returning starters on the offensive line, assuming we do have a season at some point. Michigan cornerback Ambry Thomas will opt out. They didn't have a whole lot of players returning on defense either. So th those hurt for Michigan. Uh, speaking of hurt, Northwestern <laughs> offensive tackle Rayshon Slater, probably their best player is opting out, as is Maryland wide receiver DJ Turner, a projected starter. So those are all four of them big ones. And then, of course, we've got the Iowa wide receiver, Oliver Martin, transferring from Iowa to Nebraska. So that's now his third Big Ten team. He originally started in Michigan, transferred to Iowa. Now he's at Nebraska. There was a girl on the fourth floor at Slater Hall that kind of reminds me of... Hey, yo. Uh, anyways. But I, I wonder, is that a record? Three it's gotta be. Big Ten teams. I mean, as far as teams in one conference in one conference somehow it, yeah it, it has to be You're not even saying big 10 any conference you I think any conference imagine. huh yeah 
Yeah. It reminds me of like, like the journeyman running back or wide receiver in the NFL that stays like in the NFC North for like three different teams. That's yeah. What, that's what it feels like. Yeah. But it's, it's odd. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Is he going to stick around there? Is he going to start heading back East? And, and the crazy thing is he's going as a walk on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm, I mean, yeah. I would assume the plan is to get a, him a scholarship. I would think long. so. But I mean, supposedly, you know, there was no plan to get a scholarship to Iowa. He had one. He he had a scholarship. Really? Yeah. So do, do we know like what? Does he just did he I, feel like he was just buried on the depth chart? Because Iowa has a much better receiving group than I think most people are giving him credit for. So maybe I, he just he that just, that is a theory thrown out by Iowa media type and and Iowa fans, but I I, I have no idea. Okay. Yep. Well, it'd be interesting. Hopefully, we get to see him play this year. He looked good. The one play that I saw him catch a touchdown pass in. Yeah. It looked very fluid. Yeah, it was weird. Last year, it felt like he kind of started coming on quick, and then he was gone. Yeah. Never saw him again. Yeah. Don't get it. Yeah. Don't pretend to understand it. Interesting. That's all we got, though. Yeah. Um, so, the t- decision to po- postpone the season, okay? Let's. I guess, like, somewhat chronologically, I'll just throw it. I'll start it out, and then, you know, you go for if it. If you've got it kind of laid out. The last podcast we recorded was right after the Big Ten released its fall schedule. Yeah. Um, infamously, I guess, I said, and we talked about, well, what would shut the season down at this point? This, the, they went through all the work, obviously, to lay this out. We complimented the Big Ten Conference for how well thought out this fall schedule oh, was. They put a ton of effort into that schedule. That That thing didn't just roll out in in one forty five minute Zoom call, no. that thing that thing had legs. It Absolutely. had many hours, different voices, some sort of statistician or something that could fit it I mean, all together. That must have been like solving a Rubik's cube, right? Yeah, it's a great, pretty per- much, right? perfect analogy. Yeah, and they did it. They, they did it. it, and it looked good. We were happy with it. At the same time, um, me and you have become data driven you've always been a data driven person yeah. um and we we started looking at the coronavirus numbers and we were encouraged by the numbers well sure um deaths have been dropping steadily it kind of seemed to be an understand th- deal that the spike in numbers was coming from the younger population but they weren't getting sick and coming from you know just rigorous testing across the country more right. and more testing all the time so of course you're going to uncover more cases but surely the Big 10 conference knows that and understands that hence the reason to go ahead and release the schedule and we said hey what could what could derail this now now that they've done this and things look good I mean, it's pretty that's a pretty bold statement that you're making right there you know like okay we're coming out with a schedule here's what we're going to do we put a crap load of work into it well, who would have ever thought that they would cancel that? I mean, so I don't think we were too far out in front of our ski tips making that statement or or kind of pondering that question in the podcast, were we? And you want to know another thing that I was, was almost it naive? that I, I was almost certain of was that they would want to start earlier as early as possible to to give yourself as much time to get through the season as possible in case you have to postpone games. And then but it seems like everywhere they just want to keep pushing back, push back. I swear, I I thought they would do the exact opposite of that. So the Big Ten released that schedule on Wednesday, August 5th. And again, we podcast about the next day. 
But by Friday the 7th, certainly Saturday the 8th, it apparently was unraveling. Yeah, it took all of 24 hours, didn't it? I don't know where we're going to go with all of this, okay? But I mean, I just can't even imagine what could have been so significant that happened in that time. And that's the thing is like, we are still waiting for the, for lack of a better term, smoking gun on why it, but I can, I can understand it unraveling over a two week period sure. for some, but, but even some, two weeks would be a little bit speedy. I think I, I'm trying to be like, you right. know, like judicious here with, but like, but you know what I mean? Like two to three weeks, like, well, and we know what they, stuff, but, but my point is for something to be unraveling, Basically, 48 hours later, something bad had to happen. Right, and and we know what they used for that bad thing was the myocarditis. Of course. But that's that's not what really happened. There's something deeper going on, right? Dustin Schutte has thrown out that that guess, you know, that uh, because theory. I, don't, I, I mean, look, it's clear that fear has a tremendous hold on the country right now. What's more fearful than some sudden cardiac event, right? Correct. That's going to make people stop right in their tracks. Well, the reality, I mean, none of this is new. We've been hearing this for the last month, but any virus can cause myocarditis or many viruses. So it's not unique to COVID. And these players are all on campus where they're getting tested regularly. So if you're flagged for COVID, you can do a diagnostic test for myocarditis. And if you find it, they set out. So I mean, that seems like the, an easily solvable problem. Yes, I get it. There can be sometimes, in rare, rare cases, for myocarditis, long-term effects. There are long-term effects for any disease, potentially. So you just heard Big Kurt expunge his knowledge on myocarditis. Is that the way to say it? Myocarditis, yes. Um, I am to the point where I don't essentially trust any info that I get. I, it, it's, it's it's hard sad. for any of us. It's hard for any of us. I know. Like I, I'm. This isn't something you know that just I struggle with. We all do. So, what I've been doing lately is trying to talk to humans one on one as much as I can. Yeah. Because I feel like I trust a one on one conversation now more than I do anything. Sure. Because everyone's so protected. That there you go. They don't. They don't want the backlash that they get speaking publicly. But they'll tell you their honest opinion privately one on one. Um, I am far enough along in my life. I'm not a person that has achieved amazing social status, but yet enough that I know some doctors. There's a couple in my neighborhood. It's not that great of a neighborhood. It's, it's a pretty nice neighborhood, but it, you know, I don't want you to think anybody think I'm, you know, anyways. Um, so when they let me in the gate to <laughs> get into your neighborhood, that, that to you, that's just considered a run of the mill Neighbor, okay. <laughs> that was that was sarcasm, folks. But two two doctors in my neighborhood, um, a chiropractor that I go to that I think is very well read. Think what you will about chiropractors; they're deeper down into the medical journals than most people are. Mm-hmm. Then today, I'll just go through my my little you know scenario that was today. I got a haircut today, right, and um, I have to wear a mask in. I, I wear my mask because I'm told to, right? That's fine. Sure. I've got the mask on. But can you cut around somebody's ears when there's a mask on? No. So they pull my mask off. My mouth is now out. Right. Shave around that ear. Put the mask back on. 
turn it back the other ear, take it back down. And, and you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like to the hair stylist, does this make any sense to you? And she's like, no, no, it does <laughs> of course not. not. This, this is ridiculous. I go, okay. Like, um, walk out, go to Jimmy John's, which is right next door. Um, can't touch anything. It used to be at Jimmy John's. They would hand you your cup and you fix your own, uh, drink. I like that. Cause I could make the perfect lemonade iced tea mixture oh, to my, sure. you know, Arnie Palmer mixture. Can't do that anymore. So what does the guy do? Takes my straw out of the paper wrapping thing, touches my straw. So he touched touches, the actual straw. He did they put the straw into the into the top? So he takes the straw out of the, yes. the paper wrapper. Correct. I, I would have said no, 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 dead, dead. Oh no, yeah, dead, sure, dead honest. And I'm, I wouldn't because I'd be afraid of COVID. I'm, I'd be like, you're breaking every protocol Correct. that has been set here. Touch the top of the paper cup thing with the plastic topper, and then poke the star, the you know. And I'm just laughing. I'm not I'm not blaming him so much as I am just this is ridiculous, you know? So then I walk out of said Jimmy John's, okay? And I sit down and there's a gentleman a little bit older than me, clean cut, sitting across the the a different uh, uh picnic table thing that they have sitting out front. And I sit down. And I look at him and I make, he makes, we make eye contact and I go, you want to see a magic trick? Watch this. And I took my mask off. And I'm like, suddenly I'm in a COVID free zone. And I was being purposely facetious yeah. in this. Come to find out this guy was a doctor and we talked for almost an hour. Okay. Really nice guy. <laughs> Very insightful. He's a physician. And did you say what kind? I did not. We okay. did, I did not yeah. ask him that. But I it seemed it seemed general practice. Family okay. sure. family yeah. doctor is what it seemed like to me. Um he wasn't he wasn't a jerk about it. He just was talking factual. Lots of things we talked about. Maybe we'll get into it. But one of the things I talked to him about was myocarditis. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, and I forgot to look this up, but either recently or not that long ago, a Minnesota Viking football player I, I think it was recently because I thought he said they they tested him for COVID and he had it. Okay, because I wonder. Because I was, of the one that comes to mind for me is Corey Stringer, but that was a long, long time. I don't ago. think it was that. Okay, and it definitely wasn't Corey Stringer okay. because this was like somewhat of a recent. They they checked for myocarditis. He had it because no, they checked for myocarditis. He did not have myocarditis, but he had a heart condition. He has okay a, as a weak valve. They went okay. in and fixed it, and he goes. Guy could have lived till he was 85, could have died next week. Anyways, good thing that they sure. found it. They fixed this valve. And he goes, but this is just another reason why you want to have these guys in. Well, And, and then and then hold on. And then yeah. I said, okay, so are you talking about the Big Ten getting shut down? And he said, what are you talking about? I know I've, I've kind of heard about that, which perfectly encompasses a Minnesota dude. He is a Hunter Fisher but not a college football he's guy. The opposite of you and me. Correct. Yes. And he's he he knew about the Big Ten shutting down, but like didn't know the, that it was tied to myocarditis. Okay. And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "The general thought process is they shut it down because of myocarditis." And he goes, "Well, it's true that because this is a new virus, we don't know the long term effects." And I'm like, "Oh no, where's he going to go with this? You know, like is sure. he going to?" Yeah. And then he goes, "However." 
We never know the long-term no. effects of any virus. Myocarditis is pretty much wrapped up with any virus that's out there. What you do when you find somebody with myocarditis is check on them yeah. and then treat them for myocarditis. Well, I think the 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 danger comes with strenuous exercise combined with myocarditis. So, so pull if them you, if out you of... Pull them out, rest them. Chances are they're going to heal just fine. Yes. And by the way, you know, Brady Feeney, the... Indiana offensive lineman who got diagnosed with myocarditis, they wouldn't have known that if he wasn't on campus. And it was good that he was on campus testing him for for COVID and, so they could treat him. And yes, he could get COVID in his hometown too. That's a fact. Um, let me let me take a quick side note with this because we're already going down the path. Like I had meant to say this at the beginning, okay? But we've heard from some listeners that maybe don't exactly share our views on how we feel about the coronavirus. We respect other people's views. Um, Like to me, there there's three things that pull together for any person that, that lead us to believe what we believe or view things, how we view things. Okay. Okay. Number one's our DNA. All right. That's born a certain way, certain, you know, number two is our upbringing. Okay. So nature versus nurture stuff. Sure. The third one would be our experiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, so to me, to me, I, my experiences with coronavirus are thusly. I have seen people lose their jobs. Yeah. One of them might be talking into the microphone right now. Yeah. I've seen people get coronavirus and largely either not even know they had it or it pretty much sounded like a lot of illnesses we've had in our life and they've gotten over I do not know of anybody to this day that I actually knew or know, whatever, that has died from the coronavirus. Okay. If I knew somebody close to me that had died of the coronavirus, it might then go to my third part that I'm talking about. That would change my experiences with coronavirus, and I might have a different view. I have to at least throw that out there to people that haven't had the same experiences that I have or it kind of sounds like you as well. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And I finally know my first positive COVID case. Which blows my mind. Yeah. Finally Which have my first my one. Um, I now know of... And he, he didn't really have symptoms. He just had to quarantine. A young family I know all got coronavirus. None of them even felt symptoms from what I can remember. Right, I think maybe right. aches and pains. I think I'd said my neighbors, all three of them had coronavirus. Um all, all fine. One of them is 72. <laughs> you know, they're fine. So I'd like to branch off what you just said there, your experiences, because I was listening to an interview. It was a good interview. It was somebody talking about kind of supporting the decision to postpone because he knew a guy who was a very good athlete when he was younger, who was a basketball player, but was playing volleyball, sand volleyball, just pick up volleyball, died. They fig- They found out he died of myocarditis. Okay. So he knew this guy. So he's like, I get it. Like, this is dangerous. You know, we, we, I'm in favor of postponing. To which I say, but you can diagnose that. I mean, that. so that kid never got... We're not got, disputing that myocarditis can kill right. people. So that, that guy never got diagnosed. They didn't know that. If they had known it, they would have said, dude, you got to chill out. No, no volleyball, no basketball, no nothing. Which is what... That's exactly what we could do with these football players. So even though I respected that guy's opinion on it, and he obviously had this traumatic experience, apparently he was a close friend of his, I, I just I don't think that's 
a good enough reason. It, it, we can diagnose that. We can we can and we can expand, solve that problem. to expand upon it further. I guess you just to expand upon that further. Again, you're you're not saying myocarditis can't lead to death. We know no, myocarditis can lead to right. death. What we're saying is we can diagnose myocarditis inside the football complex yeah. or figure out they have COVID, get them to a, if you need to, a medical facility. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I mean, the Iowa football complex is literally right next door sure. to University of Iowa hospitals and clinics. It's the one that kids wave to over sure. the type of kid. Yeah, it's yeah. all right there. Get The point is you're going to find it, get it there. They will pull these kids out of competition. Well, think of what a luxury that is. What percentage of people have access to be able to be diagnosed with myocarditis after they get COVID? Uh, football players and not, I mean, basically athletes right. and nobody else. The rich and wealthy yeah. and then super athletes like we're basically But even the rich it. and wealthy, they get COVID. They're not going to check if they have myocarditis. Good point. Yeah. So, I mean, they're among the elite of, of medical so, treatment. So we have just gone into, and, and again, you're not a doctor. I'm not. A, I just talked to a doctor today <laughs> that says exactly what we just, and by the way, lots of different doctors have now come onto Twitter and said, this is ridiculous. Um, one of them today was Dr. Rick Lehman, the head of the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine, just came out. I mean, it was a, you know article I saw today that said, if this okay. is the reason why the Big Ten is canceling, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but we're, we're talking about that. Now we're talking about what appears to be the basis of why the Big Ten Conference canceled it was because of a study. Come to find out the study was taking samples of humans that averaged 46 years of age. Oh, and Lord. I could be wrong. It could be 42 or 44. Right. The point is much older than what a person is going to be and in shape that the person is going to be playing division one college football okay. so for that brings us back to the, the question then why did this happen? It's liability, right? Is it's, that's that... what it is. It's just, they're afraid that some one person may have a problem and they get sued. Now they're doctor. This is in my neighborhood. Okay. This doctor I've had conversations with over and over again. Um, she also agrees. And she said, I asked her about my myocarditis a week ago. She scoffed and said, we're not practicing medicine. We're practicing law. Uh-huh. Amazing quote. Yes. She said, "This that is all about liability. It has nothing to do with COVID. She, she is not a Big Ten football fan. She is more disgusted at the current state of the medical profession. Right. I think she's as good of a person to talk to as well because she's got it broke down in pure views. She's not thinking about is Justin Fields going to have to go pro or not? She's sure. just looking at this from that level. So that's what that's what her take is. To me, that was another that was another, you know, chip that fell in my brain for it's it's a liability thing. Yeah, I think that's probably it. But but there's the, the, a clear political divide here, right? Is there not? Yes. Or is there? I my, don't know. My thing, like I'm saying to people, is whether you're on the right side and you think the left is being crazy about this, or you're on the left and you think the right's being crazy, the fact of the matter is, like, so in other words, 
If you think it's crazy that they would even think about playing football, that's your opinion. If you think it's crazy that they're not playing football, that's your opinion. But one thing you have to agree on, it is political. Yes. Okay, so if it is political, do you think that state universities, the presidents and chancellors of those universities, have an avenue to the governor and vice versa of those states? Do you think there's a line of communication? Yes. Okay, so do you think— Is that a rhetorical question? It is. Okay. Okay, so I think they do too. So in red states, don't you think the governor is saying, look, we'd like you to play? This is is my stance— you know, I I would appreciate it if you just go forward and, and vote to play. And in blue states, do you, they're saying the opposite. I mean, two, uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar today came out and said, so she's a senator, Democratic senator in Minnesota, said she talked to the president of the university and encouraged her to say, we don't want to play. The governor of Michigan, Democrat, did the same thing. So we know, I mean, how crazy this stuff got. At some point... Somebody sweeping the Twitter world was a person called Sir Yacht, who oh we still don't really I know. I sniffed that guy out right away. Well, we all did. <laughs> but Well, no, we didn't. Well, there were a lot of people putting stock in what he was saying. I mean, I remember in one of my you know Twitter groups, I'm like, I don't think any of this is going to come to fruition, but it's been a nice reprieve from reality for three or four days here. You know, sure. And, and basically, if you don't know, if you're not on Twitter, Sir Yacht was putting out stuff that was supposedly behind the scenes. You know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. But anyways, you know, Sir Yacht said the whole thing holding it up was the state of Michigan and henceforth the governor of Michigan, which brings it back to. The, he did say that, didn't he? He did. Which brings it back to the the political side of stuff. Right. And by the way, I'm a devout independent. So this to me, I think I have a unique perspective here, right? Because I don't have a dog in the fight. Yep. I mean, I I want football. So I'm definitely on the the red side, not the blue side here. I mean, really, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the politics here. Like I've been telling people, this has come down to the question of common sense or crazy. Making me wear a mask while I'm getting my hair cut, but for only 60% of the haircut, to me, is crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, all of that stuff is crazy. When all my wife and I took our two-year-old to the zoo, the Como Zoo, and they said, we have to wear a mask the entire time, even when we're outdoors and spaced a minimum of six feet from the next grouping of people. Also, make sure you walk clockwise through the zoo. Don't you dare go counterclockwise because that's when the COVID snaps <laughs> that's up That's when it gets you, baby, when you're going counterclockwise. And I know you think, well, there's people coming back that way. There's this is, there's plenty of space to so, be on. There could be You could be looking at the giraffes on the south side of the walkway and then the gorillas on the north side, and you're still six foot separated right. from the people. And I still will maintain that. Wearing a mask and social distancing is redundant. Yes. But but anyway, do you think in the southern hemisphere, do they need to go counterclockwise? <laughs> that's, you know, I should have asked. I should have asked <laughs> that. Probably, that's probably how it I works. I think it would have stunned the... Okay. We, like, we're all over the board here. And again, like, I just want to say this, too, because sometimes I re-listen to the COVID stuff that we talk about. Um and I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm coming off sounding like a cold jerk, and I don't want to. I know this 
the coronavirus has been nasty for some people. Yeah. Like it's it's obviously killed some people, which is horrible. I, I I don't like I don't even like to I wish like me and you sat down before we started recording. This should have been like the last two or three team podcast yeah. that we yeah. were gonna record before we got into the season predictions. Like that's what I want to be talking about. Right. I don't want to talk about this stuff. No, no. But we should okay. I think right. we should talk about Kevin Moore. Okay. We have to talk about Kevin Moore. Because right? and and you've already tied into where the like it it still is, I believe. You're, you you know, you, or you tell me, but it's still up for debate. Like, quote unquote, whose fault it is? Who well, canceled it? Yeah, is it the university presidents, or is it okay. Kevin Warren, or is it a confluence of the two? Okay, it's a confluence of the two, but the ultimate decision lies with the presidents and the chancellors. And each school got to choose: did they want their chancellor there? Did they want their president there? For instance, University of Illinois sent their chancellor, and so. Uh, ultimately it is their decision, but it also kind of sounds like Kevin Warren knew what he wanted to do and was trying to influence them to postpone. I mean, that's so, that we don't know because we weren't there and because there's no transparency and there's no communication, but this is all the speculate. These are all the leaks that we keep hearing, right? We, we are in a confluence of conspiracies right, right now. And so and that you, you, we didn't want to be in here. Big 10, Kevin Warren, university president. Yeah. You you put us in here, yeah. Because there we 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 still don't know how this went down. Like like I was like I was joking with a buddy of mine or my brother, I can't remember, but I'm like, if you run a fantasy football league, okay, a fantasy football league with twelve teams, right? And there's a rule change. There's a rule that people don't like. Like I don't like it that you lose five points when you fumble. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You literally put it to a vote, and it's, like, recorded. Sure. Okay, we're going to change it from negative five points to negative two. Eight out of 12 people agree it's passed. There is more transparency for that than what we've seen for the Big Ten Conference shutting down football for the fall of 2020. I'm on the boards of these two nonprofits in my industry that are just, like, kind of networking groups, right? We We have meetings. We have board meetings. And we vote and we have meeting minutes that we publish and and send out after the meetings. We actually are, are, seem to be more professional than the Big Ten Conference was, you know, deciding this. And even Karen Warren, excuse me, Kevin Warren Hey-o. has come out and said, you know, my bad. The way it was communicated and handled was bad. So so fix it. Even Kevin Warren has admitted to it at this point. So we still haven't learned anything. So I guess my whole point is once he came out and said that, that completely added validity to why so many Big Ten fans were so upset. Sure. At, because we're saying the same thing. Like this is going horribly. Like at one point, it, only two teams in the conference voted to play Nebraska and Iowa. Sure. Come to find out, well, I think there was an actual vote. Six teams wanted to play and eight didn't. Well, there wasn't a vote per se. That's what one of the the uh, sure university presidents. Yeah, I, think I can't remember Northwestern president was it. I can't remember, but yeah, or Minnesota might have been Minnesota. Might have been Minnesota. President. Yeah, we didn't have a vote per se. It was the general thought Con- so consensus. Yeah. Here is what is junk about that. Do you know how easy it is to make a controversial vote 
when you don't have to be held to your name being attached, right. whether you voted yes or no. I mean, that's part of the reason you have a vote, right? Is so that you are accountable. You, you got to live up to this decision. You got to live with it, right? If, if there's there's 14 teams in this conference, correct? <clears throat> there are. If it would have been split 7-7, seven, seven, Kevin Warren would have had been the judge and jury at that point. And so let's say but it was... we don't know if that happened. Okay. Maybe that... Let's say it was 6-8. to eight. That's pretty damn close to 7-7. Seven to seven. How is that a consensus? You would think at that point it's like, let's let's try this. Let's give it some more time. Go, go talk to a couple people. Well, sure. Because, by the way, we just released the schedule on Wednesday. I mean, these conversations, from what it sounded like, were happening on... Saturday, right? Sunday, I don't know, but like shortly after, we, we were still weeks and weeks away from the football season starting. Okay, and we we have found out since that all fourteen ads were in favor of playing and were all blindsided by the decision. Correct. How were they not at least at least in the room, even if they don't have a vote? How were they not even there? It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Then once it started getting out. Um, I remember I had a conversation with a Nebraska, uh, friend of ours, Jim, and you know, Scott Frost to his credit already was talking, you know, uh, clearly on the subject matter saying, we think the players are safer here. Yeah. We want to play football. Like he was like, do there is no nothing to be deciphered from my words. I'm telling you, my team and us want to play football this fall. Okay. He did also say they wanted to play football in the Big Ten. I honestly think he said it two or three times. Yeah. Okay. Then he said, however, if that uh, is taken away from us, we we will try to play in any capacity we can. Then the national media. Ran with it. And no. here I am defending Nebraska, but this is how it went down. He didn't say it like that. No. He said it He he said it like, <laughs> we want to, to play sure. football. And who can blame him? Like, if they if the Big Ten gets taken away with from him, why wouldn't you try to go play somewhere of else? Of course. Of course. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of Scott Frost for the stance he took. Okay, let me ask you a question. If every team had reacted so swiftly and so strongly the same way that Nebraska did, all 14 of them, would we be playing football maybe? No. You don't think so? I don't believe. I, okay. The retribution was pretty swift still. I mean. Well, it wasn't swift against Ohio State when they said essentially the same thing. Correct. That is correct. And I, I'm glad. I'm, I would have been upset with myself if we didn't bring up Nebraska in that. Ohio State came out. Iowa came out. Penn State was uh, Penn pretty State strong. Very quickly. Yep. I mean, now we're getting into the groundswell. Uh, like there was players, you know, immediately. Hats off to Justin Fields. He's yeah. a stronger He's leader hero at 20, 21 <laughs> than Kevin Warren is, or however old that dude is. Yeah. As far as communicating, like he got interviewed. I I I made a joke on Twitter. I'd like to present our first player uh commissioner in the history of the, I of that the one. Big Ten. Justin Fields, yeah. like this was, he was a petition. It got over 300 signatures 300, in a matter 000. of, yeah. what, 300,000, sorry, 300,000 in a matter of like four or five days. Well, it was over like 225 within a day. 
within one day. 225,000 signatures. It. I signed it too. Um, then, uh, then the parents got involved. Uh, Iowa football, Iowa parents, Ohio State, Nebraska. So we're up to 10 parents. Okay, but so I'm laughing because of how ridiculous this is. The kids want to play. The parents of the kids want them to play. The, it, this is voluntary. They have an opt-out where they don't lose anything. They, they they keep their scholarship. They keep their standing their team. They come back next year. They don't lose any eligibility. There is, they're making a free choice for themselves, and they're still not allowed to do it. Very common debate, if I will say, on Twitter, exactly what you're talking about here. I've said over and over again, right, that because another thing, okay, I'm kind of bouncing around here, but Kevin Warren's son, Powers Warren, is currently practicing and getting ready to play football in the SEC. Well, you know who else is practicing? The Big Ten teams. (laughs) Well, we'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. Am I taking crazy pills here? One of the common conversations I heard on Twitter was, well, Kevin Warren doesn't oversee the SEC, where his son plays. He oversees the Big Ten. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I get it. It's a good argument. It is a good argument. Here's the part that isn't a good argument. Powers Warren was given the decision. Do you want to play football? Or do you want to sit out because of health? Justin Fields was not given that choice. No. Nor was, obviously, any Big Ten athlete. Okay. Let they me... were given they were given one choice. <laughs> but if okay, but let me defend Kevin Warren here. Because if this is about litigation, he's not afraid of his son suing Mississippi State or the SEC. His son wants to play, right? He's worried about some unknown to him coming and suing the Big Ten. He maybe he doesn't think it's a big deal to play with with the 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 dangers of COVID and myocarditis. But he's, he's just of, afraid of the litigation. Speaking of no big deal, maybe the most baffling statement that's come out yet in this entire thing from Kevin Warren was, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically Kevin Warren said, you know, I didn't think the decision would, there would be this much backlash. <laughs> I was just, that is what? a guy who is not qualified for his job. At like that he, point, he is in way over his head. I I don't even know if it's like in over his head or he just he real like th- this was. Well, he doesn't get it. He just okay, doesn't. This, this was my my theory is, and I, and again, okay, this is a theory. This is how stupid it's. I, I have I'm I'm coming up with theories. I don't want to come up with theories. Like <laughs> no. this is dumb. I'm not a theory guy. I don't. Yeah. And in the fact that I, I I typically think you know when all things are equal. It's usually a very basic reason why things yeah. happen. I, I just, I don't have faith in human beings to hold like big secrets and pull stuff off. They're just people are too stupid to do. I just don't, you know, any, anyways. But here's my, here's a theory. Okay. Tinfoil try, hat. Try, well, this is just Grab me it. trying to understand where Kevin Warren's coming from. He grew up in Arizona. Would you call Arizona a hotbed of college football? No. So, so he, it is very plausible to think he just didn't grow up a big college football fan. Right? Well, I mean, he has no college experience on his resume. He's he's a he's a pro guy. Then, which is what, by the way, I'd like to point out when he got hired, I said 
this is really an out of the box hire here. They're they're go they're they're thinking they they're overthinking this. They're thinking too hard by hiring a guy who's never been a college administrator of any kind. Typically, you would think a commissioner would come from being a athletic department type of guy inside that conference yeah. or a well respected you know sure. type of deal. Um, then he goes to Minnesota. I'm sorry, Gopher fans. We know that there is a growing yeah. number of Gopher fans. We feel sorry for you too. It's not your fault. Sure. But again, the state of Minnesota is not known yeah. for its intense desire to to consume college football. It's a really strong pro sports town. Not a real strong college sports town. So I think you know where I'm going with this. Here, did he just? Does he literally just not grasp? how important Big Ten football is to millions upon millions of people. He does not, and that is my point, is how can you hire a guy that just doesn't get how much this means to people? Dude, I it's insane. And, you know, I, I defend him when he deserves to be defended. It, it, like, that's, but, like, that's like hiring... That's like hiring a financial advisor, and, and and he just loses a shitload of your money, and you freak out, and you're and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know you, you that meant you, so much." To, oh, you oh, did you need that? Oh, well, you know, if we had been clear about that from the I beginning, just, then like, that's not that crazy of an analogy. It's right not. There. But okay, so there's that aspect. There's just the complete lack of communication. Overall leadership by this guy is garbage so far. The interview with we, we you commented on a podcast. Months ago, we haven't heard from the guy. Why well, no? He got elected January first. I, I, I didn't even I didn't know his voice sounded. Okay, like. so we all knew and trusted Jim Delaney, right? Jim Delaney didn't need to go on some campaign to, you know, let everyone know who he was. We already knew. But if you're taking over for a legendary guy like that, don't you want to like kind of establish the trust of the fans? Why wasn't he on Big Ten Network at least once a week saying, "Here's what I'm doing this week. Here's the plans for the future," and let us get to know who you are. Then we'd have some trust in you, and then there wouldn't be probably as big of a backlash. I mean, there would still be there a huge would still backlash be a gigantic this. backlash, but like, but there'd be more but, trust. But again, this just comes back to transparency. Like none. Like getting fired from your job from a guy that you've worked with and you understand, like he's telling you what happened. You're like, I don't think that guy would do that unless he felt like he had to. You 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 would get it more. Bringing in a new you know, president and you get fired three days later, you're like, bleep that guy. Right. Because you, you, that's what exactly. we felt like. That's what we felt yes. like with us. Correct. And the, the interview with Revson was, you know, cringeworthy, but you know what it reminded me of? Everyone in every company has that, you know, executive that's way, yes. way high in the company. That's been there for 40 years and gets up and talks at the, the national meeting and he doesn't say anything. Correct. And it's all these just cliches and, you know, just throw away phrases. That's what that was. I'm like, I know that guy. Correct. I know who that guy is. <laughs> Dead on, dude. Dead on. Like, it felt familiar to me, and you just nailed it. That's yeah. why it felt familiar to me. Like, the, and I want to say this. Dave Resnan tried. He tried. And I've I've seen people, like, kind of saying, well, he was, a, he was throwing some softballs up there. I don't no, think so. He went back at questions. He went back at, after him multiple times, yeah. <sighs> um... I, I mean, we are not, we're not being crazy here. We, we have not been still to this day. And even if you look at the parents' movements, right? They really, if you listen, they haven't been pounding on the table that they want to play or else. No, they just want to know what happened. Correct. 
Yeah, so the Nebraska Parent Movement, and I believe it's uh, on Twitter. They have a Twitter handle now. I think it's at Nebraska Parents, something real simple like that. So they've got 14 parent organizations, or I'm sorry, 10 of the 14 teams have have joined this movement with the parents. So there's only four that haven't joined so far, Minnesota, Indiana, Purdue, Wisconsin. I would expect some of those teams to join at some point, right? But but they've got basically 10 of the 14 on their on their side now campaigning right just to find out information not not saying let us play just tell us what happened um let's go back to Kevin Warren at the presidents and chancellors i am so glad that these guys are not the people in charge at my company because these are not doers we've got doers in charge at my company thank god for it i can't imagine just giving up first sign of adversity let's quit how can we not at least be trying to get to game one? That's and, what I don't understand. And what do we talk about all the time with this? It changes, heck, you know, day to day, let alone week to week. There is a different feeling among, I mean, people that I talk to, Twitter. I don't know how you want to say it, but like, you tell me, can you not feel the feeling now that, the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC are going to play this fall. It sure feels like it. I mean, I'm not saying that they couldn't have problems where they have so many outbreaks that let's say someone's entire offensive line is wiped out for a game and they can't feel the team. And I don't know, maybe that keeps happening and the season un- unravels, but I, they're going to play game one. And, but let me ask you this. Another two gigantic developments since just in the last, mm, you know, three I know what weeks. you're going to say. Okay, one of them. Just came out yesterday. Yes. The CDC said there is no need to test asymptomatic people of the coronavirus. Wait, so we're going to treat it like every other disease in the history of man now? I, like, honestly, Kurt, like, I don't even, I, I'm, but the I thing don't is even they, know. They, they are like, still testing. Like when though. I talked to my hairstylist today and I told her this, I might as well just broken into Mandarin Chinese. She had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but... I, I would like to think the savvy, intelligent people listening to the podcast, because our listeners are, they I hope they understand what that means. It means if you are a person that tests, you know, that is has asymptomatic, you, there is no need to test and do anything different because they're like, it, they're not a threat to society. No, they're not. I mean, they're, it's, they're very unlikely to, to transmit it, first of all. We just described 99, I, from the data I've seen, Literally 99% of these athletes fall into the asymptomatic crowd. So why would we have an entire offensive line wiped out, even if three out of five have coronavirus? Okay, I'll, let them. but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because they're still testing weekly, and I think, I believe the SEC is doing three times a week, or maybe that's a big, Which, no, Big 12 is doing three times a week. SEC is maybe two, doing twice. two. Okay. And by the way. Have you ever seen the numbers released in from an SEC football program? You've seen it from campuses. Have you ever? I've seen Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois. You've seen no. the data come out from Big Ten teams sure. that said we had 383 athletes tested, 11 were positive. I have you seen one from the SEC? I don't think you so. You have not seen that. Okay, I I've don't think so. listened to multiple radio shows and podcasts. No SEC team has released it. Wow. Are we even talking about that on Twitter right now? No, no. They're just doing it. No, because I had to think about it, and I went through the schools in my head, and I'm like, no. No, uh-uh. they're just doing it. They're just doing it. Right. Wow. Now, the other thing. Okay, you, so, th- so 
so we we brought two big developments. So one is the you know don't have to don't have to test asymmetric people. The second one is testing. You take this over because this has something near near and dear to you a little bit. Okay. The swap the daily test. Oh yeah, sure. The U of I test. Okay, this one I can't believe this hasn't gotten more play. So University of Illinois, one of their chemistry professors, I believe. Uh, last name Murphy. I don't recognize him. That's the program I graduated from. But he's, you know, that was that was centuries ago. So <laughs> they've probably turned the definitely pre-coronavirus. <laughs> yes, they've turned the department over several times since then. <laughs> anyway, this chemistry professor developed a saliva test. So it's not a swab test. The saliva test, of course, less invasive. Um, but it's it's a low cost test. Um, I don't know the exact cost, but much lower than your typical test. The turnaround time is a lot faster than a nasal swab, so you can get results in about two hours usually. Uh, they, the p- specific tests that he developed, the reagents and buffers that are used in it, are do not have supply chain issues, which I guess is a problem with some of the swab tests. They converted a vet diagnostic lab at the University of Illinois, the, the veterinary department, into a, just a COVID testing lab, COVID testing only. They can process 20,000 samples a day. So they were testing the the football team daily. On the U of I campus, they are averaging about one and a half percent of the total tests that are being done in the entire country are being done on that campus on a daily basis. Why was every other team not clamoring to to use this? Oh, by the way, it's FDA approved too. And I'd just like to take a quick how, how many other podcast folks did, would you get a breakdown of the testing of which Kurt just gave? That was impressive. Uh, how How is this not being administered on every campus? Well, I mean, very, it doesn't it need to anymore. Soon, it now very soon will be. They just came out with the same testing here in Minnesota. I think it's out of the Mayo Clinic. I just saw it today. Okay. Another thing that developed in the last three weeks, which is mm. why you don't cancel the football season Five days after you released the schedule. Okay, I believe Illinois started doing their tests. They started administering that testing protocol in June. How much have you heard about that? Not. I've heard about it because of you. Because of me. That's it. But why isn't everyone saying, oh, my God, look what University of Illinois did. We, we, we could test everybody. If you're listening to this podcast, spread the news. So, by the way, the, the students at University of Illinois, I believe, are required to get tested once a week. And it's all no cost to them. And by the way, none of this is sucking up any of the, the, the you know, testing capacity that's been administered in Champaign County or elsewhere. And the, they're doing it all on their own. They're paying for it completely on their own, getting their own supplies with their own lab. I mean, have you ever heard of it? I mean, th- that is amazing. I'm proud to be a U of I graduate. Absolutely. Right now. It's very impressive. Yeah. And, and these are things that you would expect out of Big Ten universities that do take the the student and the student athlete pretty seriously. Okay. And and I'll be honest with you to talk back on the sec. I think it's pretty crappy that the sec isn't even releasing numbers. Yeah. But right now, if given the choice, don't even release the numbers. (laughs) Who the hell knows if they're actually doing the testing, but playing football this fall, when 99% of their athletes are going to be asymptomatic, let alone, actually fall ill from this because by the way even when you hear about all of these um campus quote-unquote outbreaks right and it's a campus of twenty thousand people 
and you hear about 400 people testing for coronavirus. Right. First of all, do the math on 400 out of 20,000. Oh, hey, low. every time I've seen any of those by, you know, the, these corona crazed media types, I immediately look up the enrollment of the institution. I do the math and I post the percentage underneath their Correct. story. That's one side of the thing. The other side of the thing, do you ever hear about any of these kids actually even getting admitted into the hospital for not, this? Not a single. I, I haven't heard I haven't one. heard one yet. I'm I not mean, saying it hasn't happened. No, it probably There's has. There's HIPAA laws here that obviously like they're not sure. going to, oh, seven uh, student athletes have gotten COVID. Here's their names. They can't do that. Sure. But I, I, I just. But you would know if one heard. died. We would know about it pretty quick. Right. I have to think. Yeah. My joke is. There's going to be more college kids killed by Captain Morgan than COVID this fall. Well, he's a nasty dude. <laughs> Almost got me once. But that's the truth. It, it is. I know. Like, like one of the uh, podcast. I've listened to so many podcasts, but like, you know, and just bits of information. But we lost. <laughs> we, I don't know how to say this. Like, the war on common sense towards this. Yeah was lost months ago when we started treating COVID positive diagnosis like death sentences. Yes, correct. That is, I, I just cannot, I can't express that enough on how big of a deal that's been. The fact that a, a really good friend of mine, I can't remember if I said this on a podcast before, but this is about a month ago. His two-year-old little girl was sick. She had 102 temperature for over 24 hours. As a parent, you throw him some aspirin. If yep. the temperature breaks, you know, you, you, you kind of get used to that stuff. Temperature stays consistent for 24 hours. You got to you gotta call the big yeah, doctor okay. in. Okay. He calls the hospital. They He basically gives the symptoms of his two-year-old. And they're like, yeah, don't bring her in. Really? Because there wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID symptoms. Oh, really? Okay. So just, yeah, stay away. And but, he's like, but wait, but what's going on with my daughter? Right. What if she's sick? What if she's right. really badly that's, sick? That's the crazy stuff. I'm not making this up. Okay. Wow. So that's that's one side of it, right? Then, like, mixed in with this. This was a great analogy I heard. You know I love me a good mm. analogy. We, you, you know this. What, what are you statistically better chance of dying in? A car accident or a plane crash? A uh, car accident is it's much more. It's much, much more. Yeah. But what do we hear about relentlessly when something happens? The plane crash. Yeah, you you never hear about the car wreck. No, it's just another car. You know, yeah. those happen all the time. Uh, three car accident, three ninety four. Yep. You, I, I I don't even linger on it. I, it's yeah. There's car accidents. Pro, lots of times, one of them died. Yeah. Tragic. I don't I don't like death. I don't. It's horrible. I don't want anybody obviously to die. So. But the plane crash gets all of sure. the media. This has been a five-month-long plane crash. Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. That and is it a is very tragic. Good. And when a plane goes down and 374 people die, that's horrible. I hate when that – I don't like to hear about no. that. I haven't liked to hear about any of the deaths that have around coronavirus, but there's still other ways that things bad things happen, and we haven't shut down economies – this is an unprecedented seasons. reaction that we were experiencing. We've Which, had, by the way, is another thing that the doctor I talked to today went off on. Just went off on. And I just let him go. But it, it's to be honest with you, it's nothing I haven't heard before. Sure. But again, it's refreshing to hear it unfiltered from somebody that had no gain telling me this. Right. Other than the fact that 
I think he enjoyed talking to another human being that wasn't crazy. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure that's why he just kept talking. You know me. It's not often when I shut up and listen to somebody. That guy did it. Hey, so a um, little off topic here, but you mentioned plane crashes. Uh, remember the, the Malaysia Air yeah. incident, right? Yeah. I was kind of obsessed with that when it happened, sure. and I've read a lot. And and because This is literally verbatim of a different podcast right now. Did you know that? No. Okay. See, this is happening organically for anybody that has listened to that podcast. Okay, but the reason I was really interested in that is because I flew four legs on Malaysia Air shortly before that happened. Shortly, like within a year before that happened. And so I just got curious. I'm like, wow, Malaysia Air, huh? And I looked up. I'm like, well, you don't hear about Malaysia Air that much. I wonder how big their fleet is. They have 15 planes in their whole fleet. They're all 777s. Boeing triple seven. That's the that's the plane that went down. There's, I mean, it's to do the math. Pretty good chance. You're there's on a one. chance you're, I yeah. was on that plane. A right. decent chance I yeah. was actually on that plane yeah. that crashed. When, and, and which is crazy to me because I'm like, I love the TV show Lost, and that was basically Lost happening in real life. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. Like, anyways. Um, all right. You know. The the podcast that we're referencing is a Clay Travis podcast where he interviewed Avic Roy. Well, I haven't listened to right. it. Right, you haven't. And but the funny thing is, they talked about the same. No the way. Same airline. Yeah, that's the. Are you serious? Dead serious. Yeah. Oh. And he wow. interviewed Avic Roy, who has degrees from MIT and the Yale School of Medicine. I could have done that. I mean, <laughs> and then he also referenced Gabriel Gomez, who tried to come out with a paper that said how low herd immunity is for coronavirus. Like most of the time it's like 70, 80%. Right. We ain't even getting to 20% in areas and you burn through the coronavirus. So basically her paper that she was trying to go public with is like, I think we're getting to the end of this in most spots in the United States and the world. Hmm. Um, Oh, by the way, why hasn't this burned through certain like like India? Because they are so indoctrinated with viruses, like basically twenty four seven. They're okay. like they're like the Terminator to viruses because they they never don't have viruses down there. That's why they don't think coronaviruses ever took off down there. So what do you mean? So do they have like a predisposed immunity or yes. something? Okay. Yes, and this is something that they talked about. In Interesting this. and. All of this wraps together to say, this is good news. Sure, of course. She wanted to share, uh, Gabriela Gomez wanted to share this good news. And basically what she was told is, don't do that. If you do that, people are going to relax with the coronavirus. And then it's going to spread again. And she's like, and from what I can understand from right. this, you know, or what I, I should say infer <clears throat> from this is, but that's what the data says. It's right. not going to happen. Right, we don't. right. Yeah, but, th- but that's the kind of thinking we have right now because people are paralyzed by fear. Okay, so let's project a little bit into the future here. What, one, one, more th- one more thing. Okay. Just, I, I'm sorry. No, that's right, but this will be sorry. a good segue. Okay. One more thing because I'm, I'm, I am trying to just like bring up good news, okay? Not that I am a wallflower by any means, but I typically shy away from 
political conversations with people that I don't know very well. Sure. I just, I would, I swear, I'd soon rather get along with you. I don't care who you are. I'd rather get along with you. Yeah. I'm a people pleaser. I, it's I, more fun to get along it, than to argue. It did. It, 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 it. Some people, that's not true. Oh, I, I, I used to live with somebody that that wasn't <laughs> okay. true. <laughs> but for most people, uh, I'd like to get along with people, right? But lately, I just, I'm not bashful with this. I, like the the joke that yeah, I gave I'm, I'm outside past, the Jimmy John's. I'm, ba- like, I'm past being nice. Right. So when we were at a four-year-old's birthday party this past weekend. So first of all, I'm pretty grumpy because I'm at a four-year-old's birthday party. But I'm sitting there. I uh, can't even drink because it's my wife's turn to knock mm. them back. I drove sure. so that she deserves that. Right. So I'm sitting there. and But I'm going to have a conversation. You know, I'm going to be there for a while. And we start talking about coronavirus, you know. And people are just kind of frozen, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just talking and I can't tell and don't really care if I'm annoying them, pissing them off, exciting them, whatever. And then I drop the stat. I'm like, did you know in the state of Minnesota of five and a half million people, there has been one single death under the age of 30? And Gosh. they just sat there and looked at me and I go, guys, that's good news. <laughs> right. That's a good thing. Sure. You can... This isn't political. You, you can, can even be, clap if you want. You can, <laughs> you can be happy. One person. We all have kids here. One person under the age of 30 has died. Wow, 30. I didn't know that. I didn't know. It was, under the age of 30. Right. Now, obviously, out of five and a half million, they're not all under the age of 30, but you no, can I know. assume they're probably, what, 40% of the population is under the age of 30? Yeah. Somewhere around there? I, I would, yeah, I would think so. Roughly 2 sure. million people? Sure. Okay. okay, so let's talk a little bit about what could happen here. Okay, let's say that what you just said is not true, that we're not close to herd immunity. Okay. And let's say that someone, some third party, sneakily goes down to the SEC and starts testing uh, football players and actually publishing the results, and they have to shut down the season after week three. Kevin Warren's going to look kind of like a genius. He does. He would. Okay, now what if we're approaching herd immunity? What if nobody tests the SEC players, so... Maybe they have it, maybe they don't, but they keep playing. They play a uninterrupted season, perfect season. They go through the college football playoff, which, by the way, they announced the the meeting dates, and they're going to be meeting in person. They're going through with it, like, like you know, like with or without the Big Ten and, and Pac-12. So we're, you know, assuming everything goes well, we're going to have a playoff. How is the Big Ten going to look? Horrible. Okay, and then who on a national scene? Okay, I know... We love our Big Ten and the Big Ten footprint, but who on the national scene is going to give a damn if we start playing in January? I can't even imagine it. Don't even. It's going to be glorified scrimmages. And you know how I feel about the play. Like, like I've heard, I've heard that there's a possibility that. I mean, I would hope at least they would play for a Big Ten championship and Pac-12 championship, and the winner plays in the Rose play a Rose Bowl. Right. I mean, so I have no problem with that. I would. I would tune in for that. Me too. But the casual football fan, especially outside the footprint of the Big Ten, is going to gambling. They're gambling, just going to laugh. Gambling. gambling purposes. That's it. People will gamble on it. But the average now, college football fan will think it's a big freaking joke. It will, and be, we're going to be a laughing stock. Yes, it will be made fun of relentlessly, not just on Twitter, but in all forms of media. And I we believe. would deserve it. Can't say we wouldn't. Now, there's been this sediment by certain Big Ten fans where they're saying, you know, it, it's almost like. Big Ten fans are cheering for this to happen. How hypocritical is that? I'm not cheering 
that this I'm petrified that this is how it's going to go down. That's how I would describe myself. But okay, so you I don't if you want had to the choose, scenario to happen what you just said. So if you had Now, to that doesn't mean I want thousands, hundreds of SEC players to get stricken down with coronavirus and Okay, but forget about people getting happen, sick. But, okay. Like just take the sick part out of it. All right. You're hoping that the SEC does not have a season. Yes. I uh, see I'm I I'm feeling pretty you know, pretty masochistic right now. Okay. And and I, it's out of anger. And I just, I feel like we have screwed up so bad here that we deserve everything that happens. I understand that. I, I'm not, I certainly do not have the energy to talk you or anybody else out of that. I'm Nero standing on the ledge, playing the violin, watching Rome burn. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Um, another thing I'd like to point out, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um, Okay, I'm going to use an Iowa player because I know the roster better than than any. Oh, by the way, I did like 10 of the 14 deep dives on my teams, and that was a big waste of time. But <laughs> you, Good thing I'm a procrastinator. You know, I just thought about that. You just never really got any of them done. And look, I got them. a couple of them done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you would have come. Oh, I'd have come you, around. You yeah. Um. Anyways, Amir Smith, Marset. <clears throat> to me, this is the perfect example to use to try to spell out this whole thing okay he's been a talented player ever since he's been at iowa yep. but um he really started coming alive last year yeah, really even year. at the end of the year sure. three touchdowns in the bowl, bowl game, game versus yep. usc sure. like he was getting preseason all-american for return uh, you know yep. specialists but also getting recognition for basically being the most talented guy in the receiving core right that is a guy that really wanted his senior year to happen. Yeah. And by all accounts, loves football. Okay. What is he supposed to do now? Do you play in the glorified Ugh. scrimmage of the winter spring? I mean, because he, he wasn't like a surefire high round draft no, pick. No, that's why I'm using him. Right. Because, like, my guess is if, like, you snapped your fingers and there was a draft that happened right now, I think he would get drafted. I think drafted. he would go, but it'd be late. That's what I'm saying. But a really good year receiving to oh, go gosh. along with what he's ever already established for the... He could move up with like a third, second round. A second might be pushing it, but third, fourth round. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is there a big difference in money and security on oh. a roster from the sixth round to the third? And like, maybe if he doesn't play, he doesn't get drafted and he signs a free agent contract, then he's making pennies, you know? Right. Yeah, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of those guys in the Big and, Ten and, right and, now. And, okay, thanks. I... I don't. I didn't mean to use an Iowa guy just because he's from Iowa. I'm, the point I'm trying to make is there's that's the guy that I know best that perfectly fits in that mold. There are tons of Big Ten and Pac-12 players that fit right into that. I'll tell mold. you what, Illinois has a lot of them. Of course, they have a okay. lot of those guys. Now, again, using ISM. Okay, let's say he's like, screw that. I'm still pretty young. I'm not playing the spring summer or spring winter thing. Right. Yep. Big Ten already said one well, on your scholarship, right? So yep. he can sit around and then play fall of 2021. Correct. Okay. What if if seven guys on Iowa's roster, and I think that's light, let's say 15. Okay. Because you by the way, you don't have to be a senior. You could be a junior. You could be a sophomore. Right. You don't want to play the spring winter season, right? Because right, it's meaningless. And to, because, to a lot of people. Not, right. Not to me, but so you're going to honor those scholarships, right? Yeah. 
They have so to. So what do we do with the incoming freshmen that have already committed to Iowa and, and want to come in next fall? We've got an 85-person well, scholarship limit. Not anymore. Okay. Last Friday, NCAA, no loss of eligibility this year for anyone. Doesn't matter if your school's playing, if your school's not playing. This doesn't count as a year of, of losing eligibility. It's that's which Poof. that is going to cause ridiculous Thank repercussions. You. Like that will be a that will be roster management H E double hockey stats. I already saw a few like actual uh, roster um what do you call it the roster chart for for several of the, of the big teams. I think one was Clemson and they're like 103 players, 109 players for next year. Um on now, scholarship. On that's scholarship, right? So the school doesn't have to uh, necessarily give them a scholarship after they in the Big Ten after four years. They don't have to honor a fifth year if they don't want to. So you'll probably see a lot of guys kind of just getting dropped from teams because they're not starters, for instance. Because um, at some point, the eighty-five is going to come. It's 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 going to come to roost. It's going to come back. But yeah, they're basically getting rid of the eighty-five limit for next year, which is just going to be chaos. I think it's chaos. <laughs> so there are literally going to be. Potential for some teams having 85 and some teams having 109. Okay, and then think about an incoming freshman who, like, gets recruited and the coaching staff says, look, we've got a bunch of seniors at at your position. We're going to need you to play as a freshman. So they commit to that program because they know they're getting playing time. Oops. But the coaches aren't liars. No, they're not lying. No, it's not the coach's fault. It's going to be chaos, man. I, and I still, I don't even feel like I've seen that written about. No, much. that's that was barely covered. <laughs> How is that barely covered? <laughs> I don't know. It's insane. I know that's it. that's that's like I, I want to do the uh, um, Vince Lombardi. What the hell is going what on? What the man? hell is going on around here? In fact, I had to look that up today because I saw it over the weekend. And okay, I was not in a great state for most of the weekend. <laughs> so I'm like, well, did I really see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I did. Um, anyways, um, so if I'm trying to end this, we are trying to end this podcast as positive as possible. Okay. There, there could be worse things than having the ability to watch college football from September to April. Yeah, true. I mean, that's that's how far it's a really good point. Um, there's there's a special friend that takes money requests for me that's going to be tearing for me nonstop at that point Um, because yes I would pay attention but like I'm just really nervous how that's going to play out what we on what we just talked about and mostly what I'm talking about is like will those games have a a big game feel to them. And I'm just extremely nervous. They won't. And it kind of goes back to a lot of guys just might opt to not play. So you're just going to, there's probably going to be a lack of star power from what we're used to seeing. Would you, would Justin Fields play? I, I that, don't think so. That, that guy is making me think he might. I know. Cause he's just, he seems like such a competitor, but right. he's not playing for national, but maybe it's just because he wants to play now and he knows he could play for a national championship. Maybe he won't have that fire in January when it's not going to mean it as much. I, I, I would believe he would declare for the, I think he'd have to, Yeah, he would have to, I mean, he's not playing for a national championship. He wanted to bring a yeah. national championship to Ohio state. He did. That was his whole thing. Boy, 
I mean, you could make an argument Ohio State's getting screwed by this more by this than anybody. Oh, I think that's very fair to say. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, with that being said, you know, I know there is the sentiment by astute people that this is not going to happen. They're, they're not going to play football in the winter slash spring. Okay. Now that's up for debate. I don't even know if it's worth talking about. We don't really know, but it's fair to say there's a lot of people that feel that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. This much I will say though, I can guarantee you the plan right now is to play okay, the spring so, winter. So let's point out some more hypocrisy here. If they play eight games in the spring and then they have a twelve game season in twenty twenty one, that's twenty games at least, and, and that's not including including the championship game, the bowl game. If they're really concerned about player safety like they say they are, that's a contradiction, right? Absolutely. I mean, come on. The two biggest contradictions that we're having towards safety are what you just laid out. And if it's not safe for the football players, how is it safe for the general students to come on? I'll throw one more. If it's not safe now, how is it going to be safe in January? That's another one. The COVID virus will still be here. Yes, it will be probably not as prevalent as now. It'll probably decrease a little bit. But it's still going to be here. And they made it clear that one person is too many. So if the COVID virus is still here in January, one person could still get it. It's going to be, it could be here for, it, I mean, it could it's probably gonna be here for another year. Polio is still in the planet. <laughs> okay. Think of what it is. I mean, we have the Black Plague still. That's true. Yes, that's actually true. <sighs> All right. I don't know. Seriously, like this, it, it just—I I, don't—I don't even know—I don't even know what to say with this stuff. I don't know, and I'm just—I'm uh, really afraid. Even though I, you know, like, gave are, my like, little—are they—are they, are they going to let him play for a Big Ten championship? I would think so, but we don't know yet. I don't know why they wouldn't, though. Okay, I don't know why they wouldn't. One you got a situation is if things keep improving. And again, I'm I don't I'm I'm citing data that I'm seeing yeah. on the coronavirus here, right? And when I say things are improving, I'm saying things improving in these United States sure. with regards to coronavirus. If it keeps dropping and people get comfortable, an election happens and suddenly wow. people stop, I don't know, focusing on it so much. Yeah. Um if those things go down, maybe towards the end of the NFL season, more and more people are allowed in stadiums. Right. Maybe by February, we can have larger crowds watching these Big Ten games. Yeah. And and, and, and so maybe they will feel like they have meaning to them. Okay. Yeah. That have have a little fire in them. Is it possible that Minneapolis, the bank, is one of the sites? For, it would have to be. I believe it is. I got to be honest with you. The fact that I might be able to watch two Big Ten games, three Big Ten games. In a weekend, oh, we'd my be wife at, will we'd be at those murder games. me, of course. Yeah. You know that's going to be horrible, but I'm nothing. I'm not used to dealing with anyways. Right. So that would be credible for me and you. It'd be or pretty awesome. close to Indianapolis, I guess. But I mean, I'm just I'm literally trying to look as positive as I can on this. But like every time these things come out of my mouth, I just feel like I I sound naive and stupid. All right. So if you had to guess, is there going to be a spring season? It, your your life depends yes. on it. Yes. I, I think I'm feeling yes as well. Yes. I'm pretty close to that 50-50. You're, you're making me decide with my life. I do not want right. to do that. But if you're making me decide, yes. Because I think 
Because what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a successful football in the South, yeah. in the East. And so that's I guess going to put more pressure. And by the way, the NFL as well. Well, they're going to play. Right. So you're going to see that happen. And people are going to be like, well, why wouldn't you play right. in so, the spring winter? Now? So maybe that's the answer to the question, what's different in January? We just saw a bunch of bunch of leagues go successfully through a season. So it can be done. And, and we should have done it earlier. If you blow an ACL in November... <sighs> Just listen to me. If you if you blew an ACL in the in November of 2018 season, okay, is there a chance you can play the the fall of 2019? Yeah. If you blow an ACL in March, are you gonna play in September of no the way. same year? No way, man. Gonna see that happening. Of course. Yeah. I mean, ACLs happen all the time. We'll have probably multiple examples of that. So no big deal. You're just gonna have to sit out that yeah. whole Sorry, buddy. season, but. That's these, these are just things. I mean, these are going to happen. Yeah. These things are going to happen. There it is. Yeah. So, folks, I mean, you and I haven't even talked about it. I don't know what we're going to do with this podcast moving forward here. I don't know either, man. We're going to figure I mean, something out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll probably hit Twitter and talk to you folks about it. But, like, I enjoy having this podcast with you. We, our numbers are good. People like yeah. To, to listen to the There's podcast. There's just not going to be a whole lot to talk about between now and January. Or do we do the pick a team? Do, I don't know. I don't know how to. I haven't. I haven't. I just haven't been able to, to think deeply about that yet. Yeah. My focus right I now do, is I don't I, feel that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you. It does. Makes me feel uncomfortable, too. Yeah. I don't know. If we just start telling drinking stories, just, just four months of drinking how stories. How about every episode's a drinking episode? <laughs> well, that would help. I don't know if it helped the numbers. It would help something. I might tell some stories I wouldn't otherwise tell. That falls in the don't send the email. Yes. While, don't record a podcast and send it out while while drunk the entire yes. time. But thank you for listening, folks. I hope you found this at least somewhat cathartic, maybe even a bit useful. That would be awesome. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt. And this is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Mm-hmm.